Hey, it's Andrew. Just quickly before we start this episode, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, the Secure Ventures Podcast. The host, Kyle McNulty, interviews cybersecurity founders about what they are building. I enjoy it because Kyle focuses on their technology, what it solves, why they build it, where it fits in the market. Also, listeners can understand the why of these startups. In some ways, it's a great compliment to my own podcast, where I focus on the go-to-market side, not on the technology side. He's had some great guests on recently, for example, the CEO of Reality Defender, when they talked about the ins and outs of deep fate detection. Uh, he's had the co-founder and CEO of Ghost Security, and also the co-founder of Radical, Chris Peterson, who was incidentally a founder of Logarithm, where they talk about the role of AI in the SOC. This is not a paid promotion. I just simply enjoy what Kyle is doing with his interviews and get a lot out of them. Check it out. It's the Secure Ventures podcast. Now on with this episode. Data classification as an idea is not new, but doing it successfully at scale is really, really hard. In this episode, Christian Torres, the CEO and co-founder of Kryptos, explains how they're solving this problem and how he's building his company. Welcome to the Sales Bluebird podcast, which exists because at cybersecurity startups, it's hard to get repeatability and scale the business. Sales Bluebird gives you tips, tricks, experiences, examples, ideas, and inspiration from people who know a thing or ten about building great cybersecurity companies. I am your host, Andrew Monahan. Our guest today is Christian Torres, CEO and co-founder at Kryptos. Christian, welcome to Sales Bluebird. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm looking forward to our conversation for a couple of different reasons. One is you guys were at uh, RSA recently in the early stage expo. So I love talking to early stage companies. And secondly, I've got a tangential experience around what you guys do. So I'm keen to understand you're doing the market. Before we get there, though, two things I need to do. First of all, I want to ask our audience. I just literally in the last week set up on the salesbluebird.com website a wall of love <laughs> where people can go and give feedback, uh, reviews, testimonials about if you enjoy the podcast and the value you get from it. So if you're a listener and you want to support the show somehow, the single best way right now to go do that is go to salesbluebird.com, look at the top menu, look at the wall of love, and then there's a blue button there, I think it is, where you can click it and go and submit your own. So if you have a couple of minutes to do that, I'd really appreciate that. And then secondly, Christian, let's get to know you personally before we get into the business side of this. I have on my list here 35 questions, believe it or not. The good news is I'm not going to ask you 35 questions. I'm going to ask you to pick three numbers between 1 and 35. Actually, it's 34. So don't pick 35, 1 and 34. And uh, I'll read out the question that it corresponds to. Why don't you give me your first number between 1 and 34? Sure. Let's start with number six. What is your favorite summer pastime? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, I love dirt bikes. In my life, I had uh, four or five dirt bikes and I used to do enduro in the mountains. So I love to drive a motorcycle around the mountains and so on. So I remember really well just full summer in which I enjoy with the friends with family going around mountains and riding riding bikes you know it's really a good place that a really nice sport to see amazing views but enjoy in team so i really love that and when you say mountains i'm presuming the andes because you're from ecuador right that's right i'm from ecuador i'm from quito and maybe if you don't know 
too much about Quito or Ecuador. We are in the Andes and basically we have amazing, amazing mountains and you could go around and enjoy. Uh, so a deer bike, it's amazing to have up there, right? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's a good place for, for riding. Yeah. Those are proper mountains. Those are big mountains, the Andes, right? <laughs> yeah. Incredible. So yeah, I love to, uh, motorcycles. I love to ride bikes. So at the end, yeah, I really enjoy that kind of, of things. One more number between one and 34. Let's go with number 10. Number 10 is, what's one event in the world that you haven't been to yet, but you'd love to attend? Event I would love to attend. That's a good one. I think I'm not a really good soccer fan, but I think it will be really interesting to go to see soccer playing in Champions League on Europe. So I think that will be one really good event that I hope to do it soon i'm actually with you on that i grew up in the uk so i'm a you know soccer fan football fan my team from age eight is liverpool and european champions league nights in liverpool and anfield are pretty special but uh, yeah i'd love to go to one of those what a great atmosphere we're gonna have right exactly one more number between one and 34 oh let's go with number eight eight is tea or coffee tea <laughs> One good point is we have amazing coffee in Ecuador. In you know, at the end, Latin America has great coffee. Even Colombia, it's really well brand name coffee everywhere. But I prefer tea. I don't know why, but I really prefer tea. <laughs> and any particular kind of tea, or is it just the the normal kind of English breakfast type tea? Just a normal one, to be honest. I don't have any specific one, but I love green tea. I, it could also be, uh, you know, tea with fruits, you know, dry fruits that gives that different taste. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. I, again, growing up in the UK, tea was what I started off on. And now I, I probably drink more coffee than tea these days, but I do enjoy a cup of tea for sure. Well, Christian, let's move on to the business end here. You are the co-founder and CEO at Cryptos. Why don't you give us a sense of where Cryptos is on their journey of growth and establishing themselves in the cybersecurity market. Sure, Andrew. Right now, well, Cryptos is a company that has clients in seven different countries. We had classified over 160 million documents so far. We had deployed our technology to over 75,000 users. We are in the data classification space. We work more with enterprise customers, with banks, insurance companies, retails, manufacturers. And as a startup, we had raised $5 million through three investment rounds. One has been public this week, um, the last one of $3.1 million, which is announced yeah, this week after RSA. And yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you very much. We are the team of Latin American founders. We have people, well, I'm based in Miami. We have people around the globe, people in Mexico, in Colombia, in Chile, in Argentina, in Ecuador. And yeah, that's a general overview of the stage of cryptos right now. And you mentioned you were in data, data classification. Why don't you give us a deeper explanation of what you do for data classification? Sure, Andrew. Yeah, basically at cryptos, we help businesses to locate sensitive information. So we develop a technology that classifies documents and structured data. It could be a Word, Excel, PowerPoint, PDF document automatically using AI. So our AI algorithms are capable of understanding over 1,000 variables per document based on the content and context to determine a sensitivity level. Before we protect information, 
we need to understand where is that sensitive information located, who has access to that. And that's the space we are in the data classification, data governance to understand where is your risky assets. So yeah, cryptos is a technology that makes all this process automatically classifying millions of documents in an incredible short period of time, adapting the AI algorithm according to the internal vocabulary, the internal policies of our customers. And at the end, we are classifying millions of documents with the same criteria. So you could protect that information with any cybersecurity tool on the market. You could improve cybersecurity risk and compliance strategies on your business, basically. And is that why people want to classify documents then? So Crypto is my second cybersecurity company. The first one, we develop a secure email service with PGP encryption. So you could trace emails, you revoke the access. It sounds really good. But at the end, it didn't grow us as cryptos, to be honest. And that's where we realized that classification was a really core for any company. You know, the small, medium, big corporates, they invest in cybersecurity tools to protect information. But at the end, when they implement, they realize that millions of documents need to be are classified, and that's a really huge challenge. So that's where we start cryptos because we start making manual data classification workshops to our customers so they could understand where is their sensitive data, trying to sell more our first product. But then we turn out that classification, it's really important, has a high impact in the cybersecurity strategy. And we built our current technology with a fully automatic classification of unstructured data. And I think you touched on it. The old way, let's call it, of doing data classification was essentially relying on users to know what to do, right? I remember going back many years, Christian, in 1998, actually first started selling PGP in my career. So PGP encryption at the time, it was mostly PGP email. And I would have deal sizes shrink unbelievably <laughs> dramatically because of the realization that, you know, we, we really want, you know, a few thousand people to be encrypted email. But when they realize that the user has to choose when to encrypt and not encrypt based on what they think the classification of the data is, they, you know, naturally had real doubts about how many people would know what to do. So my 5,000 user deal will go down to like a, a 30 person pilot pretty quickly and not do much more after that. So classification is so important when we're thinking about what to do with data, right? Exactly. Basically, understanding where's your sensitive data, it's a core business if you want to protect that information. And it's a little bit funny what you just said, because data classification in the last 20 years had been a manual effort, which doesn't make sense because it's about perspective. Even if the company is classifying according to the ISO 27001, their own policies or, you know, specific policies of classification is about perception. You could not ask, I mean, Peter from HR to classify a document according to its sensitivity based on ISO 27001. For me, it could be confidential. For you, it could be restricted. It's not about who had classified well or not. So manual data classification doesn't work. We are a company invested by Barclays Bank. So we run, run the acceleration program of Techstars in Tel Aviv in Israel. And this problem of data classification, you could find it everywhere. And big corporates, medium corporates, small companies, you know, at the end, you need to make this classification. And you could not make manually. As I mentioned, we had classified over 160 million documents so far. In average, a user has 4,700 documents on the endpoint, on the PC. 
So imagine you classifying that amount of documents, it's impossible. And we had discovered with our technology when we run to classification with our customers, computers with 1.2 million files in their laptops, computers with 400,000 documents. Yeah, and, and it's incredible, like how that amount of information had uh, stored over there, how it, that computer get all that data and understanding if that's 10% of information could be confidential, 30% of that information could be confidential. What's the impact if tomorrow that laptop could, you know, the information could leak out, uh, leak out. So if you have a bridge that has a huge impact in your business. And we had discovered users with 90% of confidential information, confidential and restricted. So understanding your risk is basically, it, it stands with data classification. That's the impact that you could have. Yeah. And when I remember back recently when I was working in this area, I remember, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, two main challenge areas. One is actually finding the data these days because it can be in so many different places. Like you mentioned laptops, but you know, phones, cloud, consumer storage, corporate storage. There's lots of places these files end up is one area. And then secondly, you know, doing the actual assessment to classify it accurately, because you do need to have that accuracy in there. And I'm wondering how you're tackling both those challenges. That's a good question. So, you know, you've got manual data classification, then you have a second generation of regular expressions to find a specific words, a specific format, such as social security number, the ID, to try to understand where's that kind of information inside a document. But at the end, you could not determine the sensitivity of a document just by a word. Maybe from 100 million documents, you find a specific regular expressions of the 30%, 25% of the information. But what about the other 70%, which doesn't contain these specific formats? And you could not determine a sensitivity level because you don't have those kind of specific you know, formats or regular expressions. So that's where we build this technology to analyze over 1,000 variables characteristics. We train our AI algorithms. and how Cryptos is tackling the problem is by analyzing over 1,000 variables, characteristics, adapting to the internal vocabulary of our customers, internal policies, and running with uh, the same criteria all the documents classification so you could determine that sensitivity level. And this is AI. At the end, you need to train AI algorithms. This is a process that we do, especially for our enterprise customers. For SMB, it's more like we already got algorithms already trained. But you need to keep giving feedback to the algorithms to keep having a highest accuracy, right? So we understand all this problem. It's, to be honest, is a really challenge in terms of technology and so on. We don't compete with a DLP, with a CASB. We complement and our, our strategy as a company is in data governance more than protection of information. We label that document so we are compatible with any cybersecurity tool in the market that reads and take action with a meta tag. It could be, we have partnership with Netscope, we had integration with other kind of amazing technologies on the market. So it's really important to have that feedback and understand how you could classify that data. At the end, the user, it doesn't have the knowledge or the criteria based on a regulatory compliance a framework to determine that sensitivity, the policies of the business, but you will have a high impact, good process of classification. That's what cryptos brings to the market, basically. And how do you find the data then, Christian, as well? Good question. Right now, the most 
critical storage of, of data it's on the computers, on servers, on the cloud. So we are capable of classifying that information in these three environments. We are launching also Outlook classification and Gmail. So basically it will be email classification. But you already said that information, it's it, you know, mobiles, it's everywhere. You have a storage box, Dropbox, and so on. We label that information. So at the end with cybersecurity tools, you could trace that data. But now we are focusing in the more critical data for now. That, as I mentioned, these are the three environments in this stage with cryptos. And we are opening that in the next years. Got it. Before we move on to the next area, I want to compliment you on your above the fold elements on your website. In a world where sometimes people get a little bit cute or, or clever trying to describe what they do, when I looked at your website, I immediately knew what you do. It says classify, locate, and label your critical information. And then the subtext is we use AI in order to automatically classify unstructured data. That's absolutely crystal clear. I understood immediately what you do. So congrats on getting to that level of clarity right there. <laughs> Thanks. Who's the buyer for your technology, Christian? So our clients, you have three perspectives. The cybersecurity team, he gets a lot, a lot of good feedback with a classification, a lot of insights. So we're talking they could protect with any cybersecurity tool. So now all the information classified by cryptos, I didn't mention before, but for example, our technology had classified 25 million documents in a couple of weeks. We could classify between 5 and 15 documents per second. So we are making this completely process automatically really, really fast. And the idea of that is also to have real insights of your documents. If a document had been modified, it had been changed, we could keep reclassifying so you have information in real time. So for cybersecurity teams, it's really important. So that will be one of of our buyer personas, if you want to mention like that. The second one is risk, because after you classify data, then you could understand who has access to that information. And that means which are your critical users critical areas, critical departments. We work with companies of 100, 200, 800 people, 800 users, but also 2,000, 5,000, 12,000 users. So you could understand, okay, the 20% of those users are my critical you know, users that I need to protect that information and I could generate an 80% of in- impact, you know, the Pareto at the end. So that's how we see and we help them. So you could understand where is that document, who has access to that. So risk uh, teams get a lot of, of really interesting information with the classification of cryptos. But then you have compliance, because at the end, if you are talking about GDPR, CCPA, ISO 27001, the framework NIST, and so on, everyone talks about identifying your data. So we had customers that they had been the top one banks in their countries classifying millions of documents because they use our technology. And in front of their regulatory entity, they have showed the impact of classification. And now they are changing the way how to protect information based on a good classification, based on how we do it. Our classification is based on sensitivity. That is really important confidential, restrictive, internal use, public documents. So you could modify, you could customize, maybe you you said secret instead of confidential, that's no problem. But based on sensitivity, you could have a different approach because one single user 
could have different kind of documents and the idea is to protect according to that sensitivity. Yeah. But so let's say you, you wanted to get into, I don't know, decent sized bank in the US. Would you start with security or risk or compliance as your first port of call? The three. The three we start. Cybersecurity, risk, and compliance. But it's not like a huge difference between the one and the other. The three of have the same urgency of classifying data. Okay. It's good in terms of getting the, the mind share. Presents a challenging sales environment, right? Do you have a sales team right now? Have you got that or, or not? Yeah, 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 for sure. We have our own account executives, but we also work with resellers, partners around the globe. One of those is, for example, Telefonica, one of the biggest telcos worldwide. Also, we work with distributors. Ingram Micro is one of our distributors, for example. So this had been, you know, to grow the business, to complement with their own services, with the portfolio products that they already delivered to clients. So yeah, we had been growing. At the end, we are from the beginning to the end in front of the client as a company. That's like an internal policy that we have as a company because we want to generate as a brand this impact to our clients, right? We train to our resellers, we train to our partners, but at the end, we are in front of the client from the beginning to the end. So I would describe that as a sell with model, right? As opposed to a sell through model. Is that fair? Yes. Tier one, tier two, and direct model. Those are the three that we handle right now. Got it. And when you made the decision to bring on your first salesperson, your first AE, how did you know that you were ready to make that critical hire? That's a good point. I think we bring it really early. And that was good because the product had involved a lot. You know, the technology, we had understand a lot of things of the impact that we had go through to our clients with our product, with our technology. So we decided to bring our two first account executives back in 2018 when we started the company a few months later in 2019. And we stayed with them growing and understanding the pain of the customers. And then we dropped to more account executives the partner distribution channel. And, you know, right now it's a strategy that we want to internally keep growing our account executives as well. So you had the luxury then of having the previous business and you had people, a couple of AEs for that, that you then, then they evolved as the company evolved, it sounded like. Uh, no, that's a good point. But no, we start with cryptos with the first account executive, not from the first company of the PGP encryption email. We start with them when we start cryptos. Oh, okay. I misheard you then. So that was super early before you even had something to sell. Yeah, it was early. And our design partners, because to build our technology, we needed a data set of documents classified manually, you know, garbage in, garbage out in terms of AI. So we need a good data set of documents classified correctly with a high accuracy. And our design partners in the first year of cryptos help us to train the AI algorithm. But we go with these account executives. As I mentioned, we got a first one in 2018, then another one in 2019, which understand from the beginning what was the value that we were adding to our customers and keep growing the complete sales process at the end. And do you have a bigger team now than a couple of years ago? Right now, we have the team of pre-sales, the team of marketing. Now we are building a new team of SDRs. Also, 
in customer operation, that department had grown differently. That was not right now we have implementation, we have support, we have customer success. So with all the investment and the structure that we had been growing in the last months, it's to keep improving and applying some processes because at the end, you don't know what you are selling, just you keep knowing in a daily basis, right? And the impact. So that's where we want to go step by step, not too fast to documentate that information and share that knowledge with new people. Even with an AE or two AEs joining so early, I would imagine that you're, as the CEO and co-founder, are really involved back then in all the sales motions. I'm wondering how you thought about how do you do less of it and train or enable the sales team to do more themselves, that whole transition from founder-led to sales-led and what learnings you have from that? Yeah, well, I'm as a founder, I'm involved until now with the sales team you know, especially for our enterprise customers. But um, it's a challenge. It's not easy. It sounds easy when I just share right now, but uh, you have a tons of challenges when you incorporate more senior account executives with experience in the industry to understand specific things into the data classification space in the impact of risk in terms of compliance and so on. Transfer that knowledge. I mean, all companies, I don't think just cybersecurity startups are challenges with with that, right? Understanding which are those hacks to solve in front of the client, the pain that they are having right now. Data classification could have that impact in different perspectives, but it would depend on the maturity and the need of the customer. Clients that got DLPs, CASBs, or clients that are looking to invest in these kind of cybersecurity tools, other clients that are looking other kind of protection because at the end, unstructured data is everywhere. So they already have a, a leakage or a problem. Users, they are not handling properly the information. So, and they have discovered that. So maybe they want to tackle that in a different way. And it's not about just blocking the user. It's about training the user as well. The label, it's real important. And all that information that I'm sharing right now with you, new account executives, our partners need to know, need to get involved with that impact with data classification. Yeah, I really like how you put that because the implications of classification are many and there's many nuances to it because this is not a new idea. I mean, people have been trying to classify data for for decades, right? But trying to do it at scale and at accuracy is hard. And if you're coming fresh into it, I'd imagine you really want them to understand the context of what's been happening and why people uh, haven't been able to do it so far all that well. Yes, it's a challenge. And you need to build exactly like the structures of what stage is our customer, how you could impact. It's, it's not just a single product making from, as you can see, with other kind of technologies from the beginning to the end with the same kind of pitch, you have sometimes problems on the cloud, on the servers, on the endpoint, connection with at a specific DLP, CASP, CM, encryption uh, tool, compliance, the uh, challenges. It's really open. It's it's a challenge. There's a challenge for sure. I'll tell you one other challenge that I'm sure you're thinking about right now. So RSA 2022 was last week in San Francisco. I mean, there were 750 or so, I think, vendors represented there. There's probably another four or 5,000 that weren't officially there that were somewhere around about. Trying to get attention and trying to differentiate in a market like that must be daunting. And I'm wondering how you're thinking about 
trying to rise above the noise in the industry and, and get people to listen and pay attention to cryptos. We got featured as one of the 10 coolest cybersecurity startups of RSA 2022, and we were with great companies next. Congrats. Thank you. There were companies that had raised 30, 50 times what we had raised. You know, it, it was really a, a huge difference. But at the end, yeah, you're right. I have heard from ton of assistants that they have heard and they are hearing the same, the same, the same every year. Data classification needs something that catch up a lot of the attention from the beginning of some specific people are having this kind of pains, troubles. But also, yeah, it's funny in the booth, we were raffling the most expensive chocolate of the world. And everyone gives you headphones, everyone gives you the iPad, the Raspberry Pi. We were giving you the most expensive chocolate of the world. Different is not cybersecurity, but how we had take the attention of tons of people as well, know more about what we're doing, having, you know, different ways to having that kind of approach. And at the end, it works. And we have a great time and now getting those conversations into their companies, right? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge, right? And I think that those that think differently and, and bigger, perhaps, and bolder than others are the ones that are going to be the ones that rise out and actually get noticed. I mean, the cool thing about your area, though, is that because what you do is so important to a bunch of partners on the integration side, both you know, consulting, but also product, there might be a bit of a draft there, you know, route to market that is a bit thirsty for this done properly, I would imagine. Yes, yes. For like, we don't compete with the cybersecurity tools that you have in the market that protects information, we complement. And our partners know that they had already sold different cybersecurity brands to their customers, implemented. Yeah. The idea is to improve their services, improve their tools, and it's how we are approaching to them. They already understand. Andrew, you already said you're really familiar with classification, manual data classification, regular expressions. Everyone got a module of that. But uh, you need to go more in deep to understand that data. And the way that how we're doing right now, it's catching the attention of the cybersecurity ecosystem, right? in a real problem, which we're talking about billions of documents everywhere. You need to understand where is that data. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of look at this and go, two key questions for companies. Will your regulatory requirements go up or down in the next five years? And will the amount of documents you have go up or down in the next five years? Both of those will be a large you know, increases. And therefore, the quicker you handle this, quickly you, you try and solve it, the better. Yeah, you already said, if I ask you how many documents Andrew you got in your computer right now, in your laptop, in your desktop, uh, you don't have an answer, right? But we are talking about thousands of documents, millions of documents, which you could share everywhere, anytime, and who contain really sensitive information. And the impact of a leak of just one document will have really high and, you know, I don't want to imagine, but you could imagine what could be that impact, right? In terms of regulations, in terms of an economical impact. We had clients that had defined from the billions of documents that they got, the specific 500 documents, for example, the crown of jewels through the methodology of crown of jewels to determine those specific documents that if just one document leaks out, it could generate an impact of $20 million, just one document. So it's about that before you could take an approach of 
protection of information. Yeah. What's your big vision for Cryptos in the next five years, Christian? Sure. We're growing a lot in the data governance space. Cryptos will be involving from a product to a platform, which we are getting a lot of insights and visibility for our customers. Classification in more environments, in more platforms. I mentioned a few that we already got, some of that we are going to launch as email, but we know that data is everywhere. So we want to classify Dropbox, Box, Teams, you know, different kind of platforms. So our clients will get that complete visibility of all that information. And through a platform, which you could trace that data and get that insights for protecting as well. So that's how we see cryptos involving from a product of data classification. That's how we begin to a platform that will help you with more than classification. We're talking about compliance. We're talking about risk and cybersecurity as well. We are in the same three standards, but, you know, involving in a different way. Well, that's a big vision to go after. And I'm sure the team that you're building is going to be excited to go after that as well with you. If someone wants to get a hold of you, Christian, and continue the conversation or even talk about any roles at the company, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. You could send me an email. My email is ctorres at cryptos.io. If you want to look at the website of cryptos, then you have also more ways to contact. At the end, we are really open to have conversations with partners, with clients, with media partners as well. So yeah, feel free to reach me out. And Cryptos is K-R-I-P-T-O-S dot I-O. Exactly like that. Cryptos. Okay. Well, let's wrap up with three more personal questions, Christian. Three more numbers between 1 and 34. Let's go with number one. Number one, dive bar or cocktail bar? Cocktail bar. <laughs> I like cocktails, so a mojito could be. <laughs> Another number between 1 and 34. Let's go with number 20. 20. Oh, here's the one. What happens when we die? Oh, it depends how you die. Ah, uh, no, just kidding. I think, yeah, for me, we just stop and that's all. But uh, it depends on how you enjoy life, how you grow in when you were alive. So I try to just live day by day and enjoy this opportunity that we have right now, that it's having this conversation, meeting people, traveling, be right here in life until we pass away. All right, last one between 1 and 34. Let's go with 26. 26. What's the last book that you read? It's not the last book that I read. It's the book that I'm reading right now, which I really, really enjoy. It's The Hard Things About Hard Things. So I don't know, Andrew, if you have heard about that book. I have, yeah. So yeah, basically that book, you know, life is not easy. <laughs> has a lot of challenges. And I think that Ben Horowitz shared a little bit of his life about the huge challenges. And I think it's more a book of entrepreneurs, but yep, that's the one. I could see as a founder, that is the ideal book to read to, you know, I guess, help you know that it is a struggle. <laughs> there are ways to figure things out and good things can happen at the end, right? Yeah. If someone had made a company successful, why we could not do it as well. So at the end, we are humans and everyone faces challenges. It's just about the effort, consistency, and that push that you make to make this happen. Well, thanks for that, Christian. And thanks for joining me today. I wish you every success in 2022 and 2023 and uh, hope to keep in touch with you going forward. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. 
Well, that was a conversation that I really did enjoy. It got into an area that uh, I've got some experience of selling around back in the day, and it was good to hear Christians take and their approach of how they're looking to solve this. I had three big takeaways. The first one was how Christian explained the evolution of how classification has been done. You know, this is a, an area that's been going around for a long time. Very few have solved it so far, but he was very clear how he described it. If you remember in there, he talked about the progression from manual to doing regex-based classification to now doing AI. So to me, that probably helps overcome some of the objections around, well, we've tried to do this before and failed, things like that. We say, well, look, this is how things have evolved over time. And now we're at the stage of using modern day technology to try and do it more effectively than before. So I just thought it was really interesting and very well packaged thinking about it like that progression. The second one was how important partners are. Now, you know, at the end of the day, doing data classification in itself is not really a big outcome. It's what you do with the classified data that's so important. It needs to be used in a certain way. And Christian explained how important technology partners are. He said again and again, DLP and CASB, for example. And he also talked about traditional security channel in terms of a single tier and two tier model going through resellers. And that combination is, I would imagine, quite important to their go-to-market to get some draft off the work that these other companies are already doing. And the third thing I thought was kind of interesting, it took me a little bit to understand what he was saying, but he brought on two AEs really early, but he was still involved in the selling, right? And I think still is a little bit. And what I got from what he was saying was him and the AEs were doing a lot of co-selling. Now he's still involved, but I think he said, you know, more in the enterprise deals is where he gets involved. And for me, the reason I bring this up is that I think this is actually a very effective approach as you're adding in salespeople and how to think about the involvement of the CEO or the founder in sales, right? You can't have the hard cutoff, right? I've got two or three AEs. I need to wash my hands of this and, and just let them kind of do their thing. That's not effective. And you don't want to be too involved either, right? There has to be an element of, you know, we're adding people in for scale. We won't get scale if the founder, the CEO has to be inside every single deal all the time, right? So what I got from what he was saying was he brought them in early. It was very collaborative with the two AEs that he had. And as the team has grown, he's kind of stepped away from some areas, but still been involved in others and thinks through clearly and carefully about how much they need to know as they're taking on the knowledge of the background of data classification, things like that. So for me, that was a good takeaway. But for me, a great conversation. Really wish Cryptos every success for the rest of 2022 and into 2023. It would mean a lot to me and to the continued growth of the show if you could help get the word out. So how do you do that easily? There are two ways. Firstly, just simply send a link to a friend. Send a link to the show, to this episode. Um, you can email it, text it, Slack it, whatever works for you and is easy for you. The second way is to leave a super quick rating. And sometimes that can seem complicated, so I've made it as easy for you as I can. You simply have to go to ratethispodcast.com slash cyber. That's ratethispodcast.com slash cyber and explains exactly how to do it. Either of these ways will take you less than 30 seconds to do and it will mean the world to me. So thank you.